0: Controlled by the media. Information age of hysteria. It's going out to idiot America. Welcome to a new kind of tension all across the alien nation. Everything is meant to be okay. Television dreams of tomorrow to follow, for that's enough to argue.
1: Today, we're talking about protest music. Welcome to Pop I take Culture time, Catechism time, flex, conversations about music, movies, and the longings of the human heart. Time, flex, let's get started.
2: Like, time, let's
1: Roe versus Wade. Supermarket and school shootings, Juneteenth, racism, the legacy of slavery, LGBTQ, Pride Month. It seems like there's a lot going on in the world that is politically charged. And how do we deal with all this? A lot of times it can be easy just to kind of sweep it under the rug, to just kind of ignore it. But for those of us who have found conviction in the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is something that calls us to make a change In the world there's something that calls us to live his love and so we can't just ignore these things we can't just sweep them under the rug there's a call to justice and how do we do that when it seems like things are so polarized when it seems like it's just shouting match? What are Catholics and other Christians to think of all this? And are there some guiding principles that can help us navigate each of these issues in fidelity to the gospel of Jesus Christ, in fidelity to the teachings of the Catholic Church? So today we're going to take a journey through some of these issues today with some of the great protest songs of history as our guide. My guests today are Savannah and Ryan Ackerman, who are very involved in uh, the pro-life movement and the consistent life ethic movement. Uh, They do a lot of work with Rehumanize International. And so they're going to be with us today, they're, uh, and musicians as well. So we're, going to, we're, we're in for a treat today, and we're going to talk through a bunch of different songs from the history of protest songs in America, and we're going to talk about some. Uh, controversial topics as well. I know we during the month of June we've been hitting some controversial topics. We don't normally talk about politics all that much on this show, but last week we talked about racism on our Beyonce episode with Marcia Elaine McGee, uh, and feminism. So uh, if if that's not your thing, if politics isn't your thing, don't worry. We don't normally talk about that, this stuff, but we do talk about it sometimes because it's important. We can't just ignore it. So we're going to talk about it. And uh, if that's bugging you, then uh, don't worry. Next week we'll be back to talking about uh, stuff that's not so politically charged. But if you're here, I hope that you come with an open mind. There might be some things we say or some things we don't say that make you really mad or make you really upset or you're like, oh, they should have said this or they shouldn't have said this. And we're here for that conversation. This is pop culture catechism, the gospel according to pop music in movies. And so many of the catechisms, the great teaching tools of the faith down through the millennia have been dialogues between people. That's how St. Thomas taught this, how St. Augustine taught this, how the Baltimore catechism taught is through a dialogue. And so what we try to do on this show is we try Try to have those hard conversations and try to have them in a way where we see the common humanity of people. We try to see, well, what's good about this point of view? What's good about this point of view? And what does the gospel have to say about it? What does is, what is the church, what does the catechism have to say about it? So that's what pop culture catechism is all about. So hopefully when we're done with this episode, uh, you can, you know, we're, we're looking at all these these. Songs and we're finding gospel themes in them. Hopefully, when you unplug and you put down your phone, you put away your tablet, that you can go out in the real world. And by the end of this episode, you'll be able to have some actionable steps you can take to live the gospel and live God's love in your own life, and to know that love in a a deeper way. My name is Mike Tenney. I'm a Catholic speaker and worship leader from Washington D.C. I spent over a decade teaching in Catholic high school uh, education, teaching theology, and also trying to make it big as a rock star at night. Now I'm blessed to speak uh, to thousands of people each year and lead music at various events all over the place and also through this show, Pop Culture Catechism. I want to give a special thank you to those who support this show as patrons through popculturecatechism.com and the Awaken Catholic app. I want to welcome to the show Savannah and Ryan Ackerman. How you guys doing? Woo!
3: We're doing fantastic.
1: Great. So I know who you guys are. Savannah, I met you when you were like 16. Yes. And we were doing music at a service uh, camp, a youth service camp in the Archdiocese of Washington called Encounter the Gospel of Life. I'm representing the 2015 shirt right here. True identity with the fingerprint and, and the cross on it for, for those encounter people who are watching. And, uh, you know, uh, Susanna, who was your youth minister at the time, was like, uh, you know, this girl – Savannah is awesome. You need to have her in your music ministry site. And you were awesome. I had you back a few years later as my young adult caught when you were in, a college student. In
2: 2015. In 2015. Yes. So
1: this is the shirt where you were my young adult, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was awesome. We were driving on a bus all over the place singing and for it, different it people. Oh,
2: and that it broke down. Oh, that was the year it broke down. broke down on a blue Pilates bus. That oh, was the man.
1: In DuPont Circle. Yeah, and we sent you guys home on the Metro <laughs> with Sue. And, sure. Yes. And then I had to wait around until the tow truck came in. And anyway. I had
2: to lead practice that day. Oh, yes. you led
1: practice that. That was great. So there well, you go. Well, anyway, now Savannah is very involved in Rehumanize International, um, a fu- fully functioning adult.
2: Yeah, no. <laughs> Two kids, married. Two mother
1: job, yes. yeah, living the life, living yeah. the life, yeah. Full-time
2: working mom and activist, awesome, and <laughs> activist. So there you go. Yeah,
1: and th- this show was your idea. You reached out to me and you said, "I'm gonna, I would love to do an episode on protest music." And I was like, "That sounds like a great idea." And uh, so I'm very glad to have you guys here. So t- tell me a little bit uh, about yourselves.
2: Yeah. So first, I want to say, like, huge pop culture people. And if you're watching this, you know, video, you can see all of the um, various things behind us. But um, yeah, I feel like I've reached out with quite a few topics and I, um, in my full-time job, I am a children and family minister, which you might call a director of religious education. I don't solely because um, I want to focus on Jesus and ministry and getting out of that, like, this is all the stuff we need to do. So recently I've switched to middle school minister. Um, As I said, I've been doing that about three and a half years. My degree is in Um, theology and catechetics, and I always say that's the study of God and how to teach it. Um, And then how we connected was Ryan was doing full-time inner city mission work, and I was looking into it, but I I knew it wasn't quite the right call, and I had kind of decided that, but my mom was like, oh, my my friend's uh, son does that and he needs friends why don't you go talk to friends?
1: and he's got tattoos i didn't
2: know i didn't know that it was you know he doesn't have any friends back here anymore and you know he's in pittsburgh so maybe you should connect with him which is exactly what you want to you know lonely person she was not expecting me (laughs) he he was really really cool and really cute Um, but what I think we really connected over and what struck me was I had never met someone else who was so into like the deep theology, the history of the church, but also really living the mission as the hands and feet of Christ. Mm. Um, and I think that's fair in college, right? The ones who were really studying, really trying to get A's weren't the ones who were out doing the active ministry and the ones doing the active ministry didn't have time to, you know, study for their theology finals. It was just kind of... (laughs) So anyway. Um. I
1: always tell people at Catholic U, I, I majored in English and theology, but, or I majored, I majored in English and secondary education, but my real major was in campus ministry. <laughs> That's what I really spent most of my time on. And uh, you guys went to Franciscan, and then Ryan, you finished up at Mount St. Mary's, Mount right? St. Mary's, so yeah. shout out to Franciscan, University of Steubenville. Shout out to uh, Mount St. Mary's. Shout out to Vagabond Missions, where you were. Yeah. Uh, Back you when w- it was Dirty Vagabond Missions. Dirty
3: Vagabond
1: we real
3: missions. dirty. <laughs> 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 no, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I did. I, like you said, I was Franciscan, graduated from Mount St. Mary's. I did Parish youth Ministry for a few years and uh, decided that I was being called to something more intense. So I did uh, inner city mission work with uh, Vagabond Missions now. And um, yeah, then I'm at the end of that when I left, I almost immediately met Savannah and uh, we started dating. We haven't spent really a day Apart since, which has been awesome. <laughs> um,
2: we have two kids. We have two kids. So, right
3: now, what I'm doing mostly is, is, is just just rocking it as a stay at home dad. Stay at home dads, it's man. It's the represent, man. Living the it's, dream. It's living the dream for sure. Um, I do like side stuff, like I sell comics and things like that. But, um,
1: yeah, yeah, that's nice. I, yeah. I just wanted to, I, I pulled this off their wall. This is one of their kids' jackets. It's, uh, this is from Rehumanize? Yeah. Rehumanize so International. Are, yeah, yeah. The patches are, so. Yeah, the
2: founder of Rehumanize actually sewed that for us. Uh, so it says,
1: children are not property. Respect existence or expect resistance. I like that. It's kind of Star Wars font. <laughs> 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 End police brutality. Pro-peace, pro-life. I love that. And then a lot of, a lot of pins on here. Yeah. Votes for women, all Black Lives Matter, seek peace. So you, you can tell, uh, you know, we, we've probably triggered everyone on both <laughs> sides of the aisle by this point. Um, if you've listened to this show, you know we don't we don't we don't do partisan. We do we do Jesus around here. We do the gospel. So um, expect to come here and have your ideas challenged. I try to invite people on this show that will challenge my ideas. Um, if you listen to a couple of my episodes, especially recent ones, you'll know that that I, I try to I try to pull people from, from from different sides of the spectrum and all over the place um, because you don't learn anything from staying staying in the people that the algorithm suggest to you, right? You don't, you don't learn anything from staying in your echo chambers. So uh, today we're here to talk about protest music. Um, so you guys know a lot more about protest songs and protest music in the, in the history of Christianity than I do. So can, can you introduce us a little bit? Because uh, this is prob- probably stuff that the, the average person, and even me, don't know a whole lot about. So tell us a little bit about protest no, music. No, totally. Um,
3: yeah, protest and art are, are both central to the Christian life. I think that's especially art is something we talk about a lot, truth, goodness, and beauty. Um, and we don't often fully experience art and beauty in the way that kind of we're intended to in the Christian life. Um, like, yes, beauty and art leads us to God, like beautiful like churches and, and altars. And, um, but, it, but it also needs to give us a better stand, understanding of the good and the bad of the world um, and, and how grace participates in that. Um, one of my favorite Authors is Flanner O'Connor, that's what she's all about. Love she, it. Yeah, yeah. She just she talks about awful people and how God works through those awful people. Um, uh, so like art really should call us to action. Um, there's a great band that I love called The Hold Steady. There's a band from Chicago, and they have a great line in one of their songs that says, Words alone never could save us. Um, and then last night she smiled and she told us about she cried, I should say, and she told us about Jesus. And um, in the Western Church we really get caught up in the ideology and the intellectual side of it which is important but at the same time it's not what the Christian faith is. Um, you know Pope Francis talks a lot about kind of a rising gnosticism in the church where we focus way too much on the intellectual and the spiritual and the spiritual works of mercy which are important but to the point where we, re- we neglect the incarnation. We ne- yes. we neglect um, the corporal works of mercy. Yeah, you can you can be a peasant in the fields and be just as holy as Thomas Aquinas. Exactly. Right? In fact, yeah. I would say probably the peasant in the field is more not, not, not Thomas Aquinas. But I'm not But could be, it. Like there's yeah.
1: a like you like knowledge of theology is not necessary for salvation.
3: Exactly. Yeah, so. Exactly. And, and and sometimes
1: can inhibit yeah, when you C.S. Lewis talks about that a lot.
3: Yeah. yeah. So like art, yeah, like I said, art should call us to action. Art like Christ and and like protesting itself, it's its purpose in a lot of ways is to like comfort the afflicted, but also to afflict the comfortable.
1: Oh, yeah! Okay. Like it, tweet, tweet that. <laughs> <yeah>.
3: <laughs> protesting like against injustice has always been central to the Christian life. Um, like going throughout history, like we this is a six-hour podcast condensed into five minutes, but um, like if we look at scriptures, we look at the Psalms, we look at we look at the prophets, especially we look at Job. These are all literature that is intended to protest. Um, there are psalms that explicitly protest worldly powers, and like Job, there are psalms that protest God—not um, in, in a in a humble um, way, but 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 because there is a lack of understanding between our human minds and God's, there there's stuff that we don't get and we have to ask. Yeah, um, you know I. I moving to Jesus, you know, we talk about the Beatitudes a lot um, and how how that flipped everything, kind of Roman culture on its head. Blessed are the poor. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but we don't talk a lot about, especially uh, in Luke, after the Beatitudes, there's the woes. Those are yes. part of the same scripture. And they're really, really important. Yeah, woe to the rich. Woe to the witch. Roe, yeah, no. And, and Jesus, uh, another big, yeah, when in terms of like Jesus uses words, but Jesus also uses actions. Uh, When Jesus draws a line in the sand when uh, they're stoning the adulterous woman, Mm -hmm. that's an act of protest. That's an act of, uh, like you know, waiting for, yeah, it's an
1: action rather than uh, than words. Yeah, through, throughout the, the scripture, there's these prophetic sign acts. So exactly. Eze- Ezekiel cooks his po- his food over poop yeah. as like a sign of the defilement, of the moral defilement of the people. they like, why are you cooking your food over poop? Yeah. And he's like, well, this this you think this is rancid yeah. and awful? Look at how you're acting, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so um, there's the, the prophet Ahijah tears his cloak into like 12 pieces and gives it to the northern, 10 to the northern king and two to the southern king to, to say, you know, you guys are, are splitting this kingdom 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 apart just as I have ripped apart this cloak, which is supposed to be united. And Jesus goes into the temple and and flips things over. And he's saying, you think this is where God lives? No, this temple that I will destroy and build up in three days of my body, that's where God lives. You know, you think Caesar is the son of God? No, I am the son of God. So there's, there's this, these prophetic, uh, protest synax throughout the, the, the scriptures in the Old Testament and that, that Jesus is picking up on that the prophets did and he's doing them in the New Testament. And then you see Paul doing them throughout the Acts of the Apostles where, where they're, they're going into these places of power and, and and proclaiming this this message and saying, no, we won't stand down. So yeah, and even Mary in the Magnificat saying, you know, M- the, the Lord cast down the mighty from their thrones and lifts up the lowly. So um, there's definitely, the, the gospel is not just about our personal sins, but about transforming the world, this kingdom of God that God talks about, that Jesus talks about more than anything else, Jesus's message, if you had to sum up Jesus's message in the gospel to one phrase, it's the kingdom of God. He says it more than anything else. And it's not just about some place you go when you die. It's that too, but it's also about transforming this world. What does Jesus say in the, in the, our father? He says, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It isn't hang out, hang out here until you get to go to heaven it is we should be trying to live heavenly lives here already in the here and now, and we're supposed to live in that tension. So, yeah, sorry. No, definitely. No,
3: no, thank you. No, and, and that, that segues perfectly into, like, after Paul and the Acts of the Apostles, you know, we often talk about Christians being a persecuted minority in the early church, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't until the 300, 400s that they started being used as, like, political scapegoats. Early on, when, Jesus, when Christians were being persecuted is because they were making a political and spiritual statement that they refused to sacrifice to the Roman gods, mm, which, yes. which, in views of the of the romans wasn't a religious or spiritual statement it was a political disobedience and so that's why they got killed um and christian art from the very beginning was present in in the culture um not just sermons and stuff that protested roman and heretical kind of belief systems but also graffiti christian graffiti was 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 huge and and it was and and a lot of times it was secret and people didn't know so like yeah you'd find a a nycthus a jesus fish around and you knew what that statement meant. You knew that there was community there. Um, You know, uh, religious art in general has always been used to protest. If we look at, like, the Renaissance, Michelangelo, um, in general, whenever you see a painting with people, uh, especially from the Renaissance, those are all real people. And mm-hmm. and every choice that they made about who those people are is a political statement. This person is a good person, so he's Saint Peter. This person's a bad person, so they, he's Judas. Um, they were politicians. They were bishops. Sometimes uh, look at Dante's Inferno. He he calls out a lot of bishops and popes al- alive in his time and yeah. just says they're in hell, mm-hmm. like in a, in a way in protest. And
1: one of my, one of my heroes in church history is Erasmus of Rotterdam. Yeah, who, yeah. yeah. Who he um, he had a lot of dialogues with like Martin Luther, and uh, he has this whole thing against the Pope Julius II, where he just like took totally and he, and he didn't even admit that he wrote it until, like, we found out after he died. But, uh, yeah, so protest art is huge. Even the idea of the cross, like mm-hmm. the cross is an instrument of torture. It, it, would, it would be like somebody wearing a, a noose around their neck mm-hmm. today or somebody putting a, a noose, like, on a wall. It's meant to be provocative and say, hey, Romans, this sign of oppression, which is meant to terrorize, is now we're taking it as a sign of our salvation mm-hmm. and Christ has conquered it, and now this is the sign of this is the banner under which we march that like you can't conquer us with this, this state violence. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, think, I think uh, Jesus and the gospel are a lot more punk rock than people realize oh, yeah. a lot of I, times. That, yeah. so, I would agree with that. Uh, so, so something that um, I want to, I want to read from the catechism and then I promise we're going to actually get to some protest songs. Yeah. So um, we're talking about a lot of uh, political stuff and um, the, the church teaching does not fit Cleanly into right or left. Here, I want to read a couple things from the Catechism. This is 1930. One of the things that the Church says is that respect for the human person entails respect for the rights that flow from his dignity as a creature. His or his or her. It tends to use man to mean mankind. These rights are prior to society and must be recognized by it. They are the basis of the moral legitimacy of every authority. By flouting them or refusing to recognize them in its positive legislation. A society undermines its own moral legitimacy if it does not respect them. Authority can rely only on force or violence to obtain obedience from its subjects. It is the church's role to remind men of the goodwill of these rights and to distinguish them from unwarranted or false claims. So basically what the church is saying is that it's a response. These rights exist because God gave them to us. They're part of the natural law. But... Societies and cultures should have positive legislation, meaning they should have laws that protect these rights in an active way. So I think sometimes when we're talking about things like abortion, and people say like, "Oh, well, I I wouldn't choose abortion for myself, mm-hmm. but I'm pro-choice. I would allow other people to." Yeah. Well, the church says we should have positive legislation that protects the rights of all people and that that's why the bishops speak out on things like gun control and racism and it doesn't fit into the the partisan political polarity that we have and that's one of the things i love about being catholic is the church gives us a better lens to view the world than like the shifting sands that is whatever the left believes today and whatever the right believes today and they're trying pointing at the other side saying you guys are the problem and that side's pointing back saying you guys are the problem and the church says well we are all one human race. We are all the problem and we're all the solution and we got to work together. And that's one of the things I try to do on this show is say, there's a grain of truth in everything and we got we to gotta pull together and work together. Yeah, the, ge-
3: um, the genius of Catholicism is be able to go into culture, take what is good and elevate it to yes, Jesus. absolutely. And, but as followers of Jesus, we need to, Disagree with every worldly political ideology because it's not Christ.
1: Yeah, it's like we're going to agree with everything. <laughs> we got to the good. There's good
3: yeah. on the right. There's good on the left. There's good yeah, yeah, yeah. everywhere in between. Okay. But yeah. All
1: right. So uh, anything else before we get into like some some? Uh, I think I think we've talked about like how protest art fits within the Christian tradition. Is there mm-hmm. anything else you want to hit before we actually talk no. about some songs?
3: I think we, we. Savannah has a lot to say.
1: No. <laughs> well, can you tell us just a little bit about Rehumanize and, and yeah, what, what and our
2: work specifically? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Rehumanize International is a nonpartisan, non-secretarian, um secular organization that, uh, yeah, advocates, uh, advocates, educates, and uh, encourages discourse around acts of legal violence. Um, specifically, we adhere to something called the consistent life ethic, which is respecting life and saying that no violence should be uh, committed against, you know, any form of anyone who's alive. Um, from conception to natural death. So those legal forms of violence that we typically, you know, advocate against, again, educate against, and specifically for Ryan and I bring into our own community and I'll speak about that in a second. But it's things like police brutality, euthanasia, war, torture, um, which is the first topic we're kind of gonna touch on alongside Mm -hmm. racism. And abortion and uh, embryo destruction. So Mm. they're things you don't typically see alongside each other, but they're so needed, and it fits right into our Catholic faith in terms of. Gosh, what am I thinking? It fits right into our Catholic faith in terms of you know we value life from conception to natural death as well. I love
1: doom. I love yes, womb to tomb. (laughs) I love this uh, jean jacket you have on the back wall back here that says "natural death to all humans."
2: It's just a big coffin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Anyway, so, and it. that's also like, we started with Green Day, you know, punk is definitely a big, like, protest, you know, stick it to the man kind of thing. It's a little bit of a part of our aesthetic. That, that is, yeah, that is very much, like, kind of the aesthetic. So, talking specifically about us, we uh, run and have started Rehumanize DMV which is the local chapter of Rehumanize in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area, if you're not from around here. Yeah, it
1: doesn't mean the Department of Motor Vehicles. No. Yeah. <laughs> so around here, you say the DMV. <laughs> We're evangelizing mean, there. Yeah, you mean DC, anyway, Maryland, Virginia. So, uh, yeah. Uh-huh.
2: yeah, we've started this local chapter. We're really focused on bringing this message into our local community in just a year. Uh, we've been so humbled and so blessed by how it has grown. Mm-hmm. Um you know we have a member who's an atheist we have a member who's jewish we have a some protestant members and so seeing everybody come together and that's again not following any specific religious creed coming together um in our belief that humans don't deserve violence enacted against them um and i actually just had a discussion with somebody from the diocese about like how could we apply that to young adult ministry do Hmm. we need to cast a wider net because Mm -hmm. people coming together over this joint thing which typically you're told like it's only a religious argument, particularly with abortion, right? Yeah. There's no non religious arguments. And Rehumanize is like, well, actually. <laughs> Um,
1: yeah, well, and that's one of the things I love about in, in philosophy. We talk about the natural law and the divine law. The divine law is the stuff that comes like from scripture and church sacred tradition and, and church teaching and the catechism. But then there's natural law, which is kind of the things we use our, our reason and our, our mind to understand. And you can look at all the cultures of the world. Every culture of the world has restrictions on violence. Every culture in the world has restrictions on, on sexuality. Every, um, and like, who you can't have sex with, mm-hmm. who you can't have sex with. Every culture in the world has, uh, you know, property laws and those sorts of things. And so looking at those and making all arguments from that point of view. And that's really what our Declaration of Independence in the United States is based on, is the inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so I think there's a very powerful secular argument to make for this consistent life ethic. Because if you look through the history of the United States in the times where the worst catastrophes and worst uh, dehumanization and crises and and like sins and awful... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Just like... uh, Atrocities. atrocities is the word. Thank you, atrocities. It's like, well, those people aren't really yeah. as human as us, because you know, you look at, at the Trail of Tears and the way we victimized uh, Native Americans. Of, of course, slavery and racism. Um, and you look at uh, like every, even President Obama in his closing speech, he talked about how you know at, we've come to under his closing speech at the end of his presidency. He talked about how we've come to understand that phrase of. Um, an inalienable right to life, labor, and the pursuit of happiness, the wider, we, we've come to increase that over time. Like mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson, who wrote those words, owns slaves. Yeah, And we've the more expansive we've made that over time and included everyone in it, the better our country has been. And the more we've restricted it, the more our country has been guilty of some awful yeah. atrocities. And so now we're applying that to things like all the things you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a very powerful secular argument to make. And I think we see this in some awesome songs. So the the, the first one I'm thinking of is What's Going On, which is uh, Marvin Gaye from the 70s. He, it was uh, part of the civil rights movement. It was also part of the anti-war movement um, in Vietnam. And also uh, it got remixed by what they call the, 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 I think they called it like the 2001 All-Stars after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And they had like the guys from NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and Britney and Usher and U2 were like singing on it, so I, that was like when I was in college. Um, but there's there's lots of other great songs. Uh, Get Up Stand Up by Bob Marley, uh, Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud, James Brown. Uh, more recently, Kendrick Lamar, We Gonna Be All Right, which he did at the halftime show a few months ago. Uh, changes by Tupac, I still see no changes. I love that song. And uh, things will never be the same. I don't know if you know that. That's from the 90s if you're into Tupac. Um, <laughs> Ike Endola, who's a Catholic artist, uh, he did a song with Common hymn, Hymnal called How Much Longer, which is a great protest and could even like work in a liturgical celebration. Um, how much longer till we sing a new song? Great song. Uh, Dave Matthews Band, who was a big influence on me and my guitar playing, Don't Drink the Water. It's all about the subjugation of Native American peoples. Uh, Sublime had this song called April 29, 1992, about police brutality. And uh, I was in the streets, where were you? Where were you? Yeah, it's a great song. Um, and uh, one that just hits me to the heart is Sam Cooke's change is going to come. Just he talks about going to the movies. and he goes downtown and people are telling him don't come around and the first time i really became familiar with that song was Gavin DeGraw had a cover on it on his live <laughs> album and i was just like it was it, you know when you hear a white guy sing that it's like gavin degraw being like oh i'm such i'm so hardcore and yeah. i'm so bad you know but then you hear sam cook sing it and it's like oh clearly this is about racism and clearly yeah. it it is hits differently um, so we have this great history of of songs protesting this this violence and this anti-racism um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of those things. So, what what are, what do we as Catholics, as Christians, what are some things we can do to try to respect the the fundamental human dignity of people when it comes to um, the violence, police brutality, uh, the war going on in the world, like with with um, Ukraine, what's going on in Ukraine right now, where people in Russia are saying, "Oh, these Ukrainians, they're like Nazis," you know, they use this mm-hmm. dehumanizing language. Um, how can we What's our response? Is the average just sitting in your house, listening listening to this stuff? Um, what's our response? What do we do? I think, I think one word that you use there, which is uh, maybe
3: the most important, is language. It's, it's how we speak. Um, you know, John Paul II is all about, you know, culture, the culture of life. How do we build the culture of life? The first step to building a culture of life is, is watch the language that we use. Um, watch how we dehumanize other people with our language. Um, and then that can be, uh, that's, that's, added to by positive expressions of life through yes. art, through community building, through church. Through yes. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Pope Francis uses a similar phrase. He talks about the throwaway culture. Mm-hmm. There's the culture of life, the culture of death. Yeah. And the culture of death, uh, Pope Francis kind of talks about the throwaway culture and how sometimes our, our, our economy or the way we, we treat the environment or certainly the way we, we treat the vulnerable, the poor and the unborn, th- we, we treat people as things that can be thrown away. I, I, I don't know if this is from John Paul II, but it's definitely from his, his ideas, is this, this phrase, you should always love people and use things, mm-hmm. never use people love things Mm -hmm. and this idea that a person is never to be an object of use and that's such a guiding north star when it comes to our sexuality it comes Mm -hmm. to our our social our our social activism it's always a person we Mm -hmm. always come back to this human dignity of the individual that person is precious they can never lose their dignity even if the laws change they still have that dignity no matter what the law says they have that right um so yeah i love that
2: um and speaking specifically about like what you can do right in your daily life and that's always what I say and especially again within our chapter you know we have parents we have full-time working people we have people who are single and have very flexible schedules and can just show up at protest or whatever a lot of us are not going to be the ones on the front lines talking to the media doing that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff but specifically with this idea of language right um you know, using person first language. So it's a man with dementia, not a demented man, mm. you know, something like that. Um, and learning, I think, more from especially minorities, there's a lot of talking over that happens. Mm. And specifically with the abortion debate, uh, the disability community has come out and said, like, they don't like how they're used as a pawn. And, um, you know, Pro Life, Pro Black, who uh, it's an organization, it just recently launched, but like, you know, they'll talk about that the only time that they heard like black women speaking at conferences or whatever, it was like somebody who had converted, uh, you know, from the abortion industry or like otherwise, like basically a woman that had been like quote unquote saved, it was never like kind of a big activist. Um, So again, looking at like really elevating and listening to those voices and letting them speak for themselves
3: yeah, especially especially when we're talking about protest music and protest art, protest music especially, it, it almost always rises from communities that are being oppressed in some way or marginalized in some way. Um, the, you know, I think Marvin Gaye is such a great way to start because it, it it speaks to the history of protest music in America, which really started with slave spirituals, which really started with you know these people got their language taken away from them and they weren't obviously allowed to protest in any way, but they could sing scripture, they could sing yes. religious songs, and so they used that language, they used the language of the Israelites who were enslaved in Egypt to to express and to to, to um, build community and and and, and you know you know, keep their soul safe um, while they're being oppressed.
1: I love, I love that. One of the last speeches of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., he's talking about how he's been getting all these death threats, and he knows his life might be about to end, like, any moment. And he, he uses the example, the, he compares himself to Moses, mm-hmm. how Moses didn't make it to the promised land, but yeah. he got to see it. And he says, I might not make it there with you. I might not make it, but I, can, I know that we as a people will get to the promised yeah. land. And it just, it, like, every time I read that, there's actually um, – audio recordings you can hear him giving that speech and just like hits me right in in the heart and not not that we don't have a long way to go in our culture when it comes to racism but you know he launched like he he really changed things you know um and there's like you know, we, we've gotten to realize some aspects of that dream and we still got a ways to go. But I think I just, yeah, I love that, how we use that the language from the Old Testament. I'm not always good about, um, you were talking about language and person first language. I'm um, famously on this podcast, not that good at it. Several of my guests have like corrected me <laughs> on it and, and I thank them for that because I'm always, not always that good uh, 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 about using person first, first language. So, um, but I think it is important the way that we speak um, because we don't want to use dehumanizing language that because that that's so often the way that we as humans are able to kind of gaslight the situation and, 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 and cover over what's really going on. Oh, those, those people in Ukraine, they're not really people. They're just Nazis, right? Those people in, um, you know, I don't know if you ever read *Left to Tell* about the Rwandan genocide. Right. It's like, oh, that tribe isn't people; they're cockroaches. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a dehumanization. Um, you know, the way the way Hitler talked about the the the, the Jews, like he definitely used dehumanizing language. You know, we, the oftentimes, you know, uh, a fetus is called like a clump of cells or just mm-hmm. like reproductive choice or things like that. And so, I think it's really important that we pay attention to the language that we use when describing a person, and that's something that we can use in our everyday is is. Yeah making sure that we're recognizing the dignity of the human being. So, think- so
2: to kind of flow into our next topic, right? Cause we got a couple to power through that I think are really important. But, um, you know, one of my friends uh, was a nanny and she was listening to this debate from, you know, the kids. And it was, you know, I have a little sister versus I'm going to have a little sister. Mm. You know, my mom has a baby. And she said it was so innocent, like, watching these little kindergartners, like, have this debate and realizing, you know, there it is. Like, um, and so that's always what I say to parents, because, again, I work with, like, K through five typically, is you don't have to say the word abortion, mm-hmm. you know. And anytime in a ministry setting you bring up respect to life, um, it's really sad, but uh, I've talked to other ministers. We get emails about, how dare you mention abortion? It's like, we, we didn't say the word Like, but anytime you're mentioning this, it just, it brings up such a visceral response. Um, But that's always what I say is just talking about, you know, she is a mom. Because I've even had a seminarian saying that to me when I was pregnant, like, oh, you're gonna be a mom. And it's like that language is so important because it is the humanization. Yes. Uh-huh.
3: I think it's also really important to to make because we're throwing a lot at you, but like be charitable with yourself. Like yes, like you uh, say, like you mess up so I mess up yeah, all the not, time. Yeah last week in like, the
1: episode we were talking about racism and I kept referring to black people as blacks. <laughs> and, and and Marcia, you know, called me out in like a very a very gentle way It was like I didn't notice I was. Yeah. Doing it. I didn't mean to do that. There's like if so you'd asked me about yeah. it, but like I, I think it's good for us to not not that you have to be like super hard on yourself, but I think it is important that we recognize the language we no, use. No, and so, there's
3: yeah. uh, like like it's so permeated in our culture. Like mm-hmm. so, like just things you didn't know, like gypt. Gypt is is a really bad slur against Romani people. I had no idea. Yeah, and and exactly, there's so many things of like because gypsies. Oh yeah. my gosh, I didn't even realize you, that. You you yeah. you yeah.
2: Okay. So yeah. again listening to these uh groups you know learning learning what uh you know how I got involved in all of this and like kind of pulled back to the pro-life movement because the traditional pro-life movement had really turned me off was through racial justice um that's how Mike and I kind of reconnected was how as white people do we do this um but from the Christian perspective right we are always on our path to sainthood we don't like reach a point of holiness and we're like, all right, I'm good for my life. You know, we take <laughs> side steps, we take back steps. And in the same way, you know, in anti-racism work, you know, again, you're never going to reach a level where it's like, all right, I'm good. Um, and in the same way with any of this, you are constantly kind of learning more, working with more. Um, and again, transitioning into abortion now, when Ryan and I started the chapter, we had mm-hmm. talked to both Amy and Herb who, uh,
3: with founder and now the president yeah. of Rehumanize, uh,
2: executive directors, but yes, executive directors. Um, so with both Amy and Herb, we had discussed like, hey, neither one of us really feel qualified or called to speak specifically on abortion. Like we have these other topics, um, and they were like, that's fine. Like have somebody uh, lead that committee, but realize that that's primarily kind of what you're going to work in, um, mm-hmm. because the pro-life people are the ones that are kind of more willing <laughs> to work with us. Um, yeah, and then like the first talk we gave, I was like, Ryan, you gotta help me because I don't, I don't know the stuff about war or torture or how to talk about that at all. And um, again, it's just you're you're constantly moving towards heaven.
3: But I think yeah, it's it's important, like you said, we kind of got into it from the racism angle and the perspectality and and all that. But but the more you get into these of to- uh, death penalty and and all the topics against against uh, that that you know have to deal with issues of life. Um, you do realize how central abortion is, yeah. and, and that that's something that really can't be ignored. Um.
1: It, well, and so, so something that I often notice in in Catholic discussions, and maybe broader Christian discussions as well, is um, the sometimes the mistake that consistent ethic, uh, consistent life ethic people, yeah. sometimes called the seamless garment, mm-hmm. sometimes make. Not is
2: anymore. Not <laughs>
1: anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think Rehumanize does this as well. But sometimes the, the criticism is, and maybe this is not a valid criticism. It, no, but, it is a valid criticism. But, but yeah. that it just kind of is like, well, there's all these life issues. So abortion is just one of many yeah. issues. Um, and then on the other side, I think the the mistake is that that kind of the more you know conservative right-wing Christians make is that like abortion is the issue it's mm-hmm. the only issue and we can't of, deal with any of the yeah, other yeah issues and those are just a distraction much, and they just detract from the message and I think what the the Catholic Church generally does pretty well and I think what we're what we're trying to do and what we're humanized does well is we say like if we are focusing on a consistent life ethic across, and raising the respect of human life across the board and a culture of life and a, reject this culture of death throwaway culture, all of these issues are going to reinforce each other mm-hmm. and so yes we work against police brutality yes we work against unjust war yes we work against the death penalty you know even though there's there's more abortions every day than there have been executions in this country for the past like 40 years mm-hmm. like so those issues i don't think are equal but they're both important mm-hmm. and they're both valuable and so we can't go on the one side of being like abortion is the end all and be all but we can't go on the side that we're we're just like yeah it's just kind of you know whatever issues you know speak to you like they're not there 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 is a I uh, i think there's a hierarchy <laughs> you know so. so
2: for sure and to uh answer that so i am all about again the catechesis the here's the other resources Consistently Opposing Killing, um, which, you know, its subtitle is From Abortion to Assisted Suicide, the Death Penalty and War, edited by Rachel McNair and Stephen Zunes. So it's a book. Yeah, it's a book. Um, Anyway, uh, this is from the introduction, the last line, right? The consistent life ethic, which is used by people who actually mean it. Does not water down opposition to abortion, but strengthens it. Mm. It puts mm. it in the category of violence where it belongs. Oh,
3: yeah. And, and the thing is, is the consistent life ethic. Yes, like we're a secular organization. Yes, we have people of every belief of every background who who work with us. But it is really rooted in Catholic social teaching. Yes, it's uh-huh. where it, it arises from. And, and if you if you disconnect any part of Catholic social teaching to the rest of it, you're disconnecting it from Christ.
1: Yeah. So before before we move into abortion, there's two things. One, mm. uh, the first song I ever learned on guitar was a protest song my brother taught me this when i was like in seventh grade it's the og of protest music bob dylan how many roads must a man walk down before you can call him a man and there's this great line of uh of and how many years must the cannonballs fly before they are finally banned. So I, I really recommend listening to all the lyrics of the song, Totally Consistent Life Epic. And uh, the chorus is The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. So, which I think is Bob Dylan. Yeah. It was clearly a Christian. That's a clear Holy Spirit reference. Mm-hmm. The answer is blowing in the wind. Like there's, yeah. something, there's something in the life, living in the life of the Spirit well, that he, helps us respond to this. And, and he so. wasn't
3: a Christian at the time when he wrote that. Oh, but that's that, interesting. But no, but that ideology brought him to Christianity. Huh. Like, that's really like, interesting. Yeah.
2: Well, and I don't know if we'll have time to get to it, but uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about was Johnny Cash and his activism, um, particularly for prisoners and prisoners' rights and against the death penalty. But... Um, one of the songs he has is called the man in black. And Mm -hmm. it's this whole thing about, um, you know, he was asked, why do you always wear black? And he said, because until there's more brightness in the world, like I'm wearing black as a protest. And, uh, in the song, the man in black that he has, I think that's what it's called. He talks about, um, like how these people who haven't really gotten to experience God's mercy and God's love. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's explicit right there, but also talking about and again i don't know if we'll have time to get to all these topics mm-hmm. sadly look into the consistent life ethic um ryan and i are going to try and put more stuff together on catholic uh, thought and all of this and how to talk about it but um trying to
1: Johnny Cash. Well, uh, can I talk yeah. about Johnny Cash for a second? Yeah, 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 so one exactly. of the, one of the things I love about him is he, you know, one of his famous performances is Live from Folsom Prison, yeah, where he it. went and performed mm-hmm. for inmates. And he has tons of songs. There's a song I hung my head that mm-hmm. you guys put me onto. I didn't know yeah. about that. And I think it's a Sting. It's a Sting song, song originally. Sting, sting wrote it, and then he covered it. Yeah, he, he has an album covered. of covers. Yeah. where he, he talks about issues that yeah. are important. The most famous him. one is the Nine Inch Nails cover yeah. of uh, Hurt. Hurt. Yeah, yeah. but th- this one's also good. And he just talks about a man who who killed somebody kind of on a whim, didn't really think it through, and now he. Is on death row, and he's so sorry for it. And um, you know, once you look into the death penalty and how you know, really rich people don't get executed. <laughs> it's generally only poor people who can't afford good lawyers. Mm-hmm. It's mostly people of color, um, especially if it's a black person that kills a white person. Like their statistics of getting the death penalty are way higher than mm-hmm. if a white person kills a black person, or um, or or if it's if it's a white killing a white, or a white person killing a white person, or a black person killing a black person. Um, so it just there it's it's implemented badly um in in I would say racist ways and and ways that are um, marginalize the poor and um th- that's why I think our church you know or, uh, the church uh, teaching has developed you know mm-hmm. we talk about development and church teaching and it can't like flip flop but yeah. it can grow like a tree and develop and, and blossom and bloom there was all through scripture there are restrictions on capital punishment and then through the history of the church as we've gotten um You know, as we've gone through time, you know, John Paul II famously came down very hard on the death penalty um, and said in the modern world, we really don't need it. And Pope Francis has made that even stronger, even putting in the catechism uh, that it should be inadmissible Mm -hmm. in the modern world. Um, And so uh, just the uh, I, 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 I that's one of the things that I'm. Uh, again, I love about the Catholic Church is its consistent life ethic, it's it's social teaching which which guides us between these shifting sands of the American political polarity. So. Yeah, and
3: I really want to enforce that the, the teaching of the death penalty in the church hasn't changed. Nothing in church mm-hmm. teaching has changed. But like you said, um, you know, the, the people and the state have a right to defend themselves yeah. insofar as it is enacted in every single country. Mm-hmm in the world in the modern age it yeah. is not done that way yeah. it's mm-hmm. contrary to church teaching yeah. so it's not saying that the church is and and the death penalty in all circumstances is necessarily wrong but the death penalty in all circumstances in the modern world. Yes, yeah, C.S. P- C. C.
1: Lewis, who is not Catholic, but he, he says, you know, like we used to think it was OK to 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 burn witches mm-hmm. It's like what's changed is not that now we think it's bad to burn witches. What's changed is that we would no longer believe in witches, mm-hmm. right? Like witches with supernatural power, like these people who practice like witchcraft and Wiccanism and that sort of thing. But we don't you know, but if there was an actual person with supernatural powers that could like, you know, curse you and throw fireballs and like you know, make a cauldron that would turn you into a gremlin, like, and the cops couldn't stop them. Yeah. Like, we would probably be okay with capital punishment because there's no other way to protect people from that. But in the modern world, we do have other ways to protect people. So,
2: so and also looking at it as a form of torture, right? Ooh, um, right. Uh-huh. Johnny Cash does have the song that he's performing in the prison. It's called 25 Minutes. 25 right?
3: Minutes to Go. Mm. Yeah, so wow. it's,
2: it's this whole thing about like, all right, got 25, got 20. Got 10, Mm. got five, until the end. Marching towards your life. You know, recently I've been listening to a true crime podcast that basically used the death penalty and used it in really kind of sketchy ways. Like they wrote Mm. the kid's birthday down wrong. So he was really 17, but 18 in the state of Maryland at the time, you could get the death penalty. So they told him, like, if you don't confess to this, you're going to get the death penalty, even though legally he couldn't. You know, like that kind of thing. It is this form of torture. Um, And the catechism does say torture, which uses physical or moral violence to extract confessions, punish the guilty, frighten opponents or satisfy hatred is contrary to respect for the human person and for human dignity. And I think that's so important as Catholics to remember that nothing we can do, you know, obviously we have reconciliation. We need to ask for mercy. We need to go back into the arms of Jesus and receive that hug, right? A hug is a two person thing. It's always what I say to my first reconciliation students. Um, That's cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah, right? Jesus' arms on the cross, open for a big hug. This is, you know, it's not about shame. It truly is about coming back to Christ. Mm. But in that same way, like, we need to model that forgiveness. So, again, yes. when talking to parents, you don't have to mention the death penalty. But you can, you know, I accept you're sorry, even if it's hard. Like, I might not totally, you know, trust you again or I whatever. I might not be over but it. Yeah. Yeah, the importance of um, for our own sake and for others, like not holding on to that. Yeah. Um, there's, a,
1: there's a difference between f- forgiveness, uh, which happens on your own part, and then reconciliation, which happens between your own, w- between two people, and then the releasing of certain boundaries, which mm-hmm. is a prudential judgment. So you can forgive someone without them forgiving you, and that's just called forgiveness. You can reconcile with one, someone, which is where you both forgive each other, and then there are you can still have boundaries in place. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody's an abusive person in your life. You can reconcile with them and still have firm boundaries. And we can still do the same thing. We can forgive a violent criminal. We can reconcile with a violent criminal and still say, it's best that you were in jail right now. It's best that you receive these treatments Mm. right now. One of of my best friends is in jail right now uh, for some awful things that he did. And I love him. Mm -hmm. And I'm in communication with him. uh, But I think he needs to be in jail for the things that he did. And... um, so I, I think those three things often get confused uh, for for people um, sorry go ahead
2: um, yeah I was also uh, you know one of the songs that we'd originally proposed kind of in doing this was I'm Not Ready to Play Nice by the Chicks mm. formerly the Dixie Chicks can we, can we sing a little bit sure
1: yeah so uh.
0: I'm not ready to play nice I'm not ready to back down
1: A song that thinks, makes me think of is uh, people killing, people dying, <laughs> healing hurt, and healing crying. Will you practice what you preach? Or would you turn the other cheek, Father, Father, Father? Help us, give some guidance from above. People got me, got me questioning, Where is the love? Uh, yeah, same chord progression. Sorry, um, I'm a music nerd, anyway, I
3: always Yes, <laughs> yeah lots of good so protest stuff in that song yeah so early good.
2: 2000s yeah. <laughs> um but you know the dixie Chicks are uh the dixie chick song starts out saying like forgive sounds good but forget i don't think i could and that's yeah. the whole and like when i uh yeah i was first looking into protest music and um because i am a musician um and one of our other team leaders and i who again is an atheist interesting to come together but have been writing kind of human rights songs and um yeah, so looking at the history of protest music and this song came on, which I had never heard before because growing up, the Dixie Chicks said something mean about the president and they are bad people. <laughs> um, and I had never actually looked into it, so it's only recently that I've uh, kind of had to turn a lot of my views um, on their head in, yeah, looking looking at what actually happened. Um, and again, some of this, like, violence, recutive, like, they hurt us, we got to hurt them, that was happening in the early 2000s. But specifically with the song, actually, it really was hitting me on the topic of abortion with this, like, you want me to play nice. And I've gotten it from both sides. Like, Mm -hmm. I've gotten from pro-life leaders, you need to tone it down, and you can't say (laughs) stuff that's going to piss off our donors and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not saying from rehumanize. It's a constant thing. Um, And and there's tact, and there's the need for conversation. but
1: context, yeah
2: context, all of the things. But, um, yeah, I think really looking at that, like I, I am mad and I should be mad and this is horrific Mm -hmm. and there's a time and a place and a way to do that obviously, but Mm -hmm. like we, we can't back down. There is no middle ground Mm -hmm. on human rights. There is no middle ground on human dignity. There is no like, well, you know, yeah, that, that, uh, I saw an article about like abortion and something about like, well, for Catholics, we really just need to kind of meet in the middle. And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah, There's no so, middle to
1: this. So one, one of the things I love about Jesus is like sometimes he just lays down the law mm-hmm. and he's like, you're a brood of vipers. Yeah. Like, who who told you? You know, like, and he just is like straight with them. But then other times, like, he, he, he reads the context and he knows what message is going to speak next to people because people say, well, who's my neighbor? You say I should love my neighbor. Who's my neighbor? And he doesn't just come out and say, well, even those Samaritans that you hate are your neighbor. Mm-hmm. He says... Well, a man was walking from Jericho to Jerusalem, and he tells them this story and draws them in. And that's why he so often spoke in parables. And he tells his disciples, I often speak in parables so that people, like, don't understand right away. They have to think about it. And I think we as people who are trying to, to, to preach a message which, which isn't popular with either side is sometimes, we, you know, we definitely need to be unapologetic. We don't want to water it down in a bad way, although I don't think watering down is always a bad thing. My friend Kyle Heeman, who was on the um, uh, the episode we did on on Rage Against the Machine, he says, you know, we water down medicine to give it to the to children. Like it doesn't mean you're getting less medicine or getting mm-hmm. less than you need. It just helps them to receive it. So um, there's such a thing as crafting the message in a way that people can receive that is not doing any disservice to the message that isn't compromising. And Jesus did it the same way so often with his parables. So I think we can. And there's, there's a time where we're not ready to make nice, but there's also, it, it, you know, again, it's a prudential judgment. You got to use your, your you got to be smart about it. There's also a time where it's like, how best can I speak to people in a way that they're going to be able to hear? Because so many people are like, well, I'm not compromising. And you're like, you're just a jerk then, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody's going to listen to you. So I think, I think there's a real um, attention to me. Main, yeah, and maybe it's so. an
2: internal, like realizing, yeah. well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's
1: a tension between the truth and how to communicate
3: it. Yes, and we, exactly. It's really exactly. important to Very figure good.
2: out how to do that. All right. So, so, moving kind of into future steps, right? Into your actions, into, again, all of the different ways that we're all going to live this out. Um, and we've kind of talked about how to have conversations in your daily life. I think educating yourself, sitting down with the Bible, you know, uh, sitting down with the catechism thou shall not kill i don't know if you know the ten commandments laid out in the bible Mm -hmm. that's where all this respect life stuff comes in it talks about euthanasia and the death penalty and war and how we're meant to be you know peace like we worship the prince of peace and what that means um how to be peacemakers and how that fits in kind of to our society so it's something you should take to prayer yeah um i also want to say a lot of this stuff brings up wounds and hurts and uh it's something we are wrestling with maybe it's something you wrestle with to the point you break your hip if you don't know that mm-hmm. bible story um oh yeah jacob yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah uh
1: angel broke his hip when he was wrestling that's yeah, how we get the name wrestling israel. with God. yeah israel means wrestling with um, God. sorry go ahead and
2: that's okay like in your heart like i say bring it to christ bring mm-hmm. it um yeah br- bring it to christ invite him into that and it's going to be a slow transformation mm-hmm. with any of this again we're on our path to sainthood um,
1: yeah. So yeah. what I was going to say, when we talk about like unjust war and, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about, um, you know, our popes had some strong things to say about, like, especially the Iraq war, um, to some extent, the Afghanistan war. Uh, but, I, you know, I and, and we talked about Marvin Gaye and his protest against the Vietnam war. Like, I'm the son of a Vietnam veteran and uh who fought and killed in vietnam and i you know he's my dad i love him with all my heart um we've talked about it uh, a lot and there's there's mm-hmm. he's proud of a lot of things he, he he did there and i think he sees some some of the problems there too um but you know i have i have friends who have had abortions uh, uh whose girlfriends have had abortions people i know that listen to this podcast have reached out to me and talked about um how they've they've abortion is part of their experience um like i said i have a friend who's in jail and so when we talk about this, and we get passionate about it and when we say we're not ready to make nice like i want to go back to what we were talking about at the beginning like fundamental is god's mercy mm-hmm. fundamental is god's mercy and love and compassion mm-hmm. even if you've killed someone if you've had an abortion you've had several abortions if you've um you know been a, a cop and you've 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 been brutal with somebody if you fought in an unjust war and you've killed someone like it's mercy mm-hmm. that's the first thing before we get to any of this other stuff god's mercy and love for you like none of that erases any of your dignity none of that erases any of god's love for you there's nothing you can do that will make him love you any less yeah yeah
2: yeah um and specifically right we're looking at the potential of roe v way going yeah like maybe Um, maybe the day this episode
1: comes out it's it might be overturned
2: (sighs) what a life um it's been really interesting kind of becoming a leader in the anti-abortion movement as this is all going on um for the record it's a very interesting place that god has put me us really because i couldn't do it without ryan (laughs) um especially being willing to watch our kids while i go and do all this stuff um yeah but so speaking on the mercy right amy murphy who started rehumanize along with Catherine glenn foster who is uh in charge of americans united for life they did a white paper on restorative justice after what's a, what's a white paper i don't it's exactly. like a manifesto
3: of some sort oh. sure okay. cool so
2: it's on the Rehumanize website you can see it under i think it's publications but um that's been amy's real thing recently is like take this to your legislators talk about like how we do restorative justice, not like this vengeful justice, mm-hmm. which a lot of times you see in our prison system. By the way, also, I'm a big advocate for prisoners' rights right now, specifically mm-hmm. like moms and pregnant people in. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you two, right? There's the restorative justice stuff on the Rehumanize website. And then me personally, I've been doing this thing called uh, Supporting Marginalized Mothers, whether or not Roe goes. Ooh, um, okay. So we're gonna continue to do that kind of work. And again, that's local community building. You know, Does your church have a meal train for new moms. Can your book club, you know, when a woman gets out of prison or something and is struggling with that, can you invite her into yeah, like that our ch- community? Our
1: church through the Gabriel Project has, mm-hmm. like, angel families where yeah. it's like if when the, when, a, when a woman comes to the Gabriel Project and says, I'm thinking about having an abortion. And they're like, well, what if we hooked you up with two families who would help you out whenever you needed yeah. it to, to, drive, to drive you to, to – um, you know, doctor's appointments and help you, and like so. That's one of the things that happens at my church, and, and so forth. Yeah. So, Gabriel
2: Project so. or Gabriel Network? Gabriel
1: Network. Yeah, it's yes, Gabriel, Gabriel Network, Network. is the one Rachel Project. Project Rachel is. There's also Gabriel Project. It's confusing.
3: Okay, okay. okay. Project <laughs> Rachel
2: is post-abortive counseling, which again, it, it's a hard, hard, yeah. you know, brutal wound. Um, on everybody and our church again in the catechism it reiterates that but um i
1: do i do i do a a number of worship events for for project rachel it's a beautiful ministry for people for men and women who have abortions but yeah gabriel network
2: i i don't know if it's i know it's in our area um but it does it works with it works with communities churches to set up sustainable communities you know that's not political that's not welfare and that's what i always say human rights nonpartisan mm, the way yeah. we respond might be partisan mm-hmm. like maybe you want it to be government mandates but the reality is in our jobs in our families in our communities again maybe even in your book club maybe you don't belong to a church um how can we be doing that like how yeah. can we be encouraging that and all in our different ways um but particularly in church communities right so they invite women in um spirit to be supported spiritually emotionally and physically yes. mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. which it's all important. It's all encompassing. So, don't get discouraged. Is my big point, right? Always be centered on the human person, because when it gets into the statistics, I think we lose a lot yeah. of it, and we can get very discouraged. So, yeah.
1: Are we Are we ready to talk about some abortion songs? Well,
2: we'll talk about some abortion songs. We're at yeah. 56 minutes. Yeah, we're good. We got, we're good. We we're, good.
1: we're good. We'll be all right. So. Okay. So yeah, um,
2: Mike, I'll let you lead then, because I've been trying to. Yeah.
1: yeah so you're, you're doing You're doing great. Um, <laughs> thank you. I, do, I just I love your guys' perspective and your your heart. I can tell you have have a real heart for people. I think that's a great idea, Savannah. We're going to chop the episode here and release the rest of it. As part two uh, in a, a few days. So, uh, hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully, <laughs> I know we talked about a lot of controversial things and threw a lot of things at you, but hopefully, it has been helpful uh, for you. If you have found this helpful, then the best way you can support this show is by sharing it with someone, send it to somebody, send them a link, post it on your social stories, and say, Hey, I think you guys should listen to this. Uh, that's the best way to help the show. The other way you can help the show, if you really want to help us out, is go to popculturecatechism.com and become a patron. You can make Make a monthly a payment, donation, call it what you want. Something that fits in with your budget, fits in with your tithe. There's six tiers that have perks for all of them. And with that, you get exclusive content. There's exclusive content for every episode, specifically for uh, the protest song episode. I'm going to talk about the Macklemore song, Same Love, and Catholic teaching on homosexuality uh, and and that sort of thing and how that song matches up Uh you know, how Catholic teaching agrees with it and how it doesn't agree with it. So if that's something you're interested in, uh, definitely go to popculture catechism.com and become a patron. also all the talks I give in my speaking ministry are in there as well. I have a brand new one in there, uh, about Jesus and the prophets in the old Testament, and how Jesus fits in with that. Uh, so, uh, you can also download the awakened Catholic app. Awakened Catholic is the organization that runs this podcast. They run a lot of other awesome podcasts and that, hu- that app is a free app and it's kind of a hub for all the shows, but also it's a great, uh, just social media space. That's a kind of an alternative to some of the more toxic things that go on on some other social media platforms. There's a great Christian library there that is trilingual in English, Spanish, and Latin. Great Christian music library that's growing all the time. And then if you're a premium member, a patron on one of the shows, uh, then you get access to all sorts of premium content, including all the stuff I mentioned, but also much more. So thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in into part two, which will be out uh, very shortly. Uh, God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next time. And a special thank you to our patrons who make this show possible, especially Carl and Melissa Gore, Lisa and Bob Tenney, Steve and Maggie Hubbard, Rob Smith, and Tom and Emily Kimberiotti. Thank you guys who make this show possible. Peace.